0: To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program.
1: mentoring session. So we're going to be doing a series of episodes where I'm going to be helping my current apprentice, Gavin here, kind of think through where he currently is and where he needs to go so we can kind of focus on what he needs to do in the meantime to get to where he wants to be. So I guess let's just start off
2: with Gavin, who are you and kind of where are you headed? it. Um, I'm Gavin. Um, I graduated from Greensboro College in 2017. Um, I am in the analytics program or apprenticeship program um, right now. I'm very interested in the financial, uh, tra- looking at being a financial analyst as well as uh, supply chain. Um, and then we went through Tableau, Excel, and Power Power BI up to this point. So wanting to get a little bit more familiar with it.
1: And then okay, so let's give context around. You're already pretty doing pretty well, and because you said you're about to turn 29, right? Yeah,
2: later this year. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so you've got quite quite a few years already working, mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic because it's like you have something to like you understand something about business. So all I have to do is just kind of sprinkle in a little bit of technical skills, mm-hmm. and then you can take what you already know, combine those, and then pivot into the space. Right. Because getting from zero to one, I think, is by far the hardest part.
0: Right. So, what's
1: your current role?
2: Um, my current role is a I'm a sales I guess I'm a salesman account manager at a uh, textile company. Um, can't really say too much more than that, I guess. Yeah, uh, but yeah, to. so I do sales. Um, I have a, a background in insurance as well, but all are going to be based around sales. I think what I do right now, um, and how analytics can kind of help me with that is kind of determine, um, as we transition to a more technical space, um, and use and becoming more data driven with my current company, we can kind of figure out what areas that we need to cut out, um, and what ways, um, I guess uh, we, we can kind of determine what areas of the business are a little bit more lucrative than the others. So that's what I'm right. more interested in doing and kind of this is what this internship or apprenticeship is kind of helping me do.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that's really interesting. By the way, I've lined up the partnership business. Okay. So I'm meeting with this uh, packaging plant. I I checked in with the CFO. So you guys okay. are not direct competitors. Okay. Good to so we're, yeah. we're, we're go on that. But what's cool about what you can do – is you can take the data at your existing job and then turn that into some sales analysis. Exactly. So you can take your current role and then just change it. And then you can talk about that in your interview. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm already doing sales analytics. It's just, you know, in, in it's not within the title exactly currently.
0: Because mm-hmm. you've
1: talked about how you could potentially start visualizing your company's performance data and use that to pitch clients and hopefully get more sales, right?
2: Correct. Um, for getting that data all together, but yeah, figuring out some of the things that we've done with some of our current uh, vendors that we work with and stuff like that can definitely help us um, pitch to other clients. We do work with a couple of big ones right now, and with a couple, as we were talking a little bit beforehand, um, there's a lot of opportunities in those areas. So, yeah. Mm.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting, as you said, I, I did I sold insurance for three years before right. I went back to get my MBA. and. If you can have technical skills with kind of the soft skills and sales mm-hmm. skills, I mean, that is a very rare combination. Right. So you can already kind of start stacking up. I think they call that transferable skills. Right. So you've already built that up. Right. You have a, you have a pretty successful track record in that space. Right. So now, if you wanted to pivot into financial analysis, mm-hmm. I mean, really your strong suit's going to be presenting the findings because right. you know how to communicate. You know if you're losing someone, maybe dial it back. Because I think a lot of people in analytics go like hyper specific to all the details, mm-hmm. and then the C-suite just like they just doze out. They're not yeah. they're not paying attention right. at that point. Um, so yeah, that that is really cool, and it's kind of it's interesting because it's something we have in common of kind of being in this space, but also having that. Well, actually, I'm kind of curious. You just took that personality test. I did. Did you,
2: what was your percentile for extroversion? Do you remember? Um, it was on the lower end, but it wasn't as low as I thought it was. Obviously, or actually, um, I think it was somewhere in the 30 something or 50 something percentile, somewhere in that range. I'd have to look at it. Yeah. That, so I would,
1: I would, yeah, I would not have <laughs> expected. So you're in a sales position, but you're introverted. Yeah.
2: Yes, I yeah. Honestly, the sales position got me uh, to a point where I could like talk more, especially in other circles that I'm not familiar with. Um, It's not my forte. I don't necessarily like to do it, but I can do it in short spurts. So I think with sales and stuff like that, like you were saying, I can hit all the key targets and stuff like that. As long as as we keep it short and sweet, I can handle it. Yeah. So
1: and then so you mentioned financial analysis. Mm -hmm. So what's the what's the attraction there? What's the draw?
2: Um. I'm very interested in the financial space. So right now, with the current industry and how the world's working, as we know with um, a lot of things going on, blockchain is very big right now. Um, A lot of companies are kind of moving towards more of the fintech, um, even opening certain departments, especially some of these major companies. Um, So I was... Interested in that, um, I just want to learn more about business, especially from a number standpoint, mm-hmm. um, in case I want to go into business for myself, especially working for one of these bigger companies. Um, that was something that was very interesting to me. Um, and then we also spoke about the supply chain role. So again, yeah. just like with right now and everything like that, uh, supply chain is going to be one of the... I guess areas that are going to be much more lucrative, maybe even when they typically wouldn't be, um, just because well, you know supply all the issues chain is breaking down right now. exactly with all the issues. I mean, we see it in our own business that I'm doing right now. Lead times are getting pushed back. People are having to figure out who, when, where, why, you know, what they have to do to kind of move around that. So, well,
1: it's, it's interesting that you're kind of taking a macro view of what's going on because, yeah, the whole trucker convoy. Is that that started in Canada? That it's like spread across the entire exactly. world. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what that means is it's pressing on the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need to buckle down and say, "All right, we need to make sure that this is optimized as much as possible." So they need people who can start to slice through that data and find insights. So I and I, and I owe you a data set because I know that we talked about you. You and Leon Bay were asking about. Well, financial data, yeah, but I actually have some financial geographic data, so it's like looking at like margin by specific locations, okay? Yeah, so, that, so that'll well, be cool, to yeah. work
2: through, especially with a heat map, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna
1: because you guys really like the um, enterprise resource planning yeah. data set, yeah, the ERP, yeah. So yeah, that okay. is kind of it's interesting because you came in thinking, okay, supply chain or um, finance, financial data. Now I was like, oh, well, here's a supply chain data set. Yeah. It's, I find supply chains super boring.
0: I,
2: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we looked at one. I didn't. Um, the ERP data, surprisingly, was one of the first thing that made the most sense to me as far as okay. the data sets. Um, it was the most interesting to kind of figure out. And I don't know why that was. Maybe it just was one of the ones along down the line. So I kind of had a little idea of how to move around it. But, yeah, it was it was very cool to apply to play well, with. Well, that, that one was
1: the most complex data set I've thrown at you guys so right. far.
2: So for, for those of you who are listening,
1: um, you, Gavin, you've worked through, what, five or six different case studies um, in the I think
2: we're about at like six.
1: Right. Yeah. So the way that I've structured the apprenticeship program is that month one, you get a certification through Greensboro College. Um, then once you pass the test, you can then be brought in to work on a client. And then month three, we're going to be polishing up and building out the personal brand, so the resume, the LinkedIn. And also getting on the application process. So over that, well, we're we're kind of bumping into this the second month because mm-hmm. this is we're literally beta testing right now. So right, I had a client or the partnership client drag their feet a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think we're like what five six weeks in, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be starting on the seventh week. Okay, um, with this that packaging company. Um, but yeah, the idea is that this first month you're going to work through. Six different case studies mm-hmm. across Excel, Power BI, and Tableau. And it's fascinating seeing you guys because you're like really busting your ass. Like, well, specifically, Leombe is because he's got to catch up.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. He was like a week behind, I believe. Well, yeah.
1: but because you've already been working in Excel. Yeah, I was more familiar. Day. Yeah. He's a probation officer. So, right. He's never touched Excel other than like manually. Like hard yeah. entering things in, mm-hmm. I, he had never even been exposed to what a pivot chart is. Right. So he was like, "Wow, this is, this right, is right, cool. right." But I mean, he's he's probably he's he picked it up. Yeah. He's he's putting like two sh- or three hours a day in. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's put a lot of work in. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he just keeps asking for more and more. Exactly. Yeah. And we
2: actually work with. Uh, I think we we spent like an hour looking at some tableau last week before cool. our Wednesday meeting. Mm.
1: Awesome. So, yeah, you guys are liking the, um, the live streams on the Wednesdays, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the, the the panel, and last week was really cool. Like, Dan's uh, Tableau chart and stuff like that. That, that right. was so intricate and creative. Um, well, I'm
1: thinking about having him back on mm-hmm. to then show, like, maybe build out multiple templates. Okay. And then we can, like, as anybody that wants to participate can mm-hmm. go download his templates, mm-hmm. and then we can work through a case study and, like, actually populate them. I would love that. Because, yeah, because well, what, what was so interesting about the uh, – just that it was, like, polished? Like, it almost looked like an app or something? Yeah, it
2: looked like an app. Like, yeah, you could toggle through it very easily and stuff like that to where, like, he pretty much made it so any question you'd have, you'd pretty much be able to answer it. Right. For whatever reason, if the day, like the set that he presented um, couldn't be answered, there was a reason why. Um, what I felt was kind of very cool about it was um, there was a, um, what was it? The small box in the corner and there was small right in the right oh, the hand date corner. filter. Exactly. Well, no, it wasn't date filter. There was like uh, messages. Oh, so when oh you key op- insights. Yeah, key insights. Yeah. So, yeah, when you toggle through the uh, tableau. Um, insight map you could kind of there were different insights that would just pop up automatically. That I'd never seen before which is gotcha. cool.
1: Well yeah and it's funny because um, this, is, this kind of gets to the next question I wanted to ask you which is how technical do you want to be? Mm-hmm. I mean he did all that with like maybe just a few lines of code. Right, and then just a very robust knowledge of Tableau. Right, I mean, are you because Leonbe keeps talking about Python? I don't know who put that in his head. Right, because <laughs> he like wants to get into coding, coding, coding. Right, um, but it's interesting because it's like he is completely jumping like the business analyst role. So right, want to get directly into that. Right, which I mean, I guess it, it might just be cooler to him, and from right. his perspective.
2: Well, I I think. Um, And we haven't had this conversation specifically, but I think, so before I took the uh, apprenticeship, I was, because I wanted to have questions, because when we first spoke, spoke, we talked for like 45 minutes, I remember the call was only supposed to be like 15, which was cool, (laughs) but my goal was to have questions prepared, so I think what If I had to guess, what he did was went on, like, the financial analyst, some of the requirements, and it has, like, Python, SQL, Mm -hmm. and some of those other ones. So while we're doing this, I think he was looking at, all right, these are the ones I'm going to need to know as well. So he's looking at both at the same time. Yeah, Um, That may function well for him. For me, I need to handle one and then handle the other to make sure I get it, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that we kind of laid out – two potential paths like Mm -hmm. so financial analysts and supply chain analysts Right I know a lot of senior financial analysts who work solely in Excel Right and they're I mean they're I think they're paid pretty well $75,000 or above Mm -hmm. so it's and this is what's interesting is it's all regionally specific Right so it's $75,000 in Greensboro, North Carolina Right and the cost of living here is super cheap so Mm -hmm. up in D.C. or New York or L.A. that would be significantly higher so just just having excel like advanced excel skills alone will get you pretty close to that six-figure mark exactly
2: i think what was good about our conversation last week on the wednesday meeting was um i believe kinsley was saying and i you you said this before but i remember kinsley saying that you know, I had a very base understanding of this before I even got a job in analytics. Right. And then she kind of learned on the job and she, you mm-hmm. know, kind of expanded her knowledge on her own. You know, Naveed talked about it as well. Google's going to be your best friend. You know, Hunter talked about it. Everybody's talked yeah. about it. So um, that kind of gave me a little bit more confidence, especially where we're already at. So by the time I get out of this, I knew we're going to do the case studies and everything. But I, I do feel very prepared to kind of take that next step.
1: We're gonna take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand so we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio all right let's get back to the episode yeah it's, it's interesting because I, I i do see both you guys gaining quite a bit of confidence
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah you don't necessarily i mean you guys are gunning for an entry-level
2: mm-hmm.
1: analyst job right so like it's it's interesting because you already have experience and you've got different skills that you've acquired mm-hmm. so just like pivoting into that um, you just got to shore up that that technical side which kind of mm-hmm. gets back to this question is how technical do you want to be within
2: the analytics space? so um this is where me and leon bakery agree, agree um i want to be very technical so okay i do want to learn on um, the ins and outs one thing i want to be is like one of the people to lean on in the space once i get to a certain point to where i can just kind of figure out whatever obviously google and everything else will be a resource but um honestly i think that is going to be the best thing i look at someone like you naveed kinsley so i'm not technical well well i well see <laughs> I, I am coding illiterate <laughs> well, right. But like I look at this even outside of coding and just in the analytics space, like you have a knowledge through your MBA and things like that. Like I want that level of understanding outside. Right. Of okay.
1: So th- this is an interesting po- kind of a nuanced point. Mm-hmm. When I say like technical, I'm talking about like your relationship to coding. So okay. like I, I, I essentially have a very high business acumen, mm-hmm. very low coding acumen, okay. technical acumen. So I can essentially—I mean, I could do all my work in Excel and still provide millions of dollars of value to my clients, just because I've right. never—they're—they're they're off doing whatever they are, they're doing day to day. Right. So just being able to kind of combine a little bit of technical knowledge with how, my understanding of different types of businesses, mm-hmm. I can—I can help find insights that can then drive their their businesses forward.
0: Right. So
1: that, and that kind of gets to—if you want to be like the space that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the management track Okay. to where when I when I ask this question about how technical do you want to be, if you want to be like a machine learning coder or programmer mm-hmm. or get into algorithms, that's a completely different track. Right. So you're getting into like being a subject matter expert. Right. So it's like a diverging track. And I, and I think um, maybe when we're having conversations, it's like a little bit of um, some miscommunication going on. Because when I'm saying technical, right, Leon Bay keeps thinking about like well, coding, coding,
2: coding, yeah, yeah. Coding. I know, I, I, get it uh, a little. I, well, I understand what you're saying. I think I do want to be technical, but I personally, I don't know if I want to delve. I'm interested in like the algorithms and things like that, especially in financial space, and just like Leon is doing right now. I understand that having a, uh, a deeper coding understanding will help us get those jobs in the, financial spa- in the financial space if we, you know, choose to go that route. However, I don't know because I don't know anything about it. So I don't know once I get my hands on right. it if, if I understand this is what I want to do um, because I'm quick to figure out, you know, I'm not yeah. going to invest time or money for that reason um, in something I don't want to do. Well,
1: it's also interesting because I think you can you can push forward in a job that may not be a the right fit for you it sounds mm-hmm. like cuz it's interesting you being an introvert and then also being in a sales role where it's right. like you have to talk to people right the fact that you're introverted that might be a good sign that hey maybe you would enjoy spending you know i don't know 75% of your day solving problems mm-hmm. and then maybe the other 25% in meetings or talking to management or people across the business right it's like right now what what would you say your split is of work you do alone in isolation versus talking to people?
2: Um, I'd say I probably, I mean, the majority of my day doing, like, account managing, it's more of talking, just relationship building and things like that. So I'm in the office right now. We do kind of operate on a hybrid uh, track if need be. But um, I do enjoy the energy of being around people yeah. um, compared Comparative, because, you know, I've worked from – did the whole covid thing so i worked uh from home for about a year and a half before Mm -hmm. my current position so um i do like it um i just don't like it all the time (laughs) you know so i I, um so if i had to guess i'd probably say at least probably maybe 50 50 okay you know but um it's funny because
1: i'm going the opposite direction i'm realizing that like i like to do that um kind of well, it's, it's multiple things. I do like that relationship building, but I also kind of like charting the course and being like, all right, let's create this program right. and I do that high-level work mm-hmm. to where like it's interesting because I just had a conversation with Hunter right? where he's taking over more and more of mm-hmm. the technical work. He's actually going to be on Saturday's call. Okay. So gonna he's going to come in, and, and I think he's going to facilitate your apprenticeship project. Okay. So he's going to be doing the technical stuff, and I'm going to be...
2: Okay. Enjoy my life. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be dope.
1: <laughs> I won't be in the weeds with the data. Yeah. And I think that, because I kind of thought through this, I think having someone who is very interested in the technical side mm. and having him kind of lead the project, and then he he's going to go much deeper into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you guys will appreciate that. Because I'm, I'm interested to a degree, but it's more like, I want to know what, what is the high level decision. Right. So should we be investing in this or this? Right. Or A or B?
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: Hunter's like, I want to go through all the data and figure out all the nuances of it. Right. Which is kind of where where you guys are right now, right? Exactly. Because you guys have all these questions about like, well, what's this? What's that? Mm -hmm. And I think part of it, I need to do a little bit better job of the curriculum design to like address Mm -hmm. all those questions. But I mean, I literally, January 1 of this year... There was no apprenticeship program, so I'm right, like spinning this up right as we're going through it.
0: Right,
2: I think the case studies um, answer a lot of those questions. I think what happens is like we'll watch the videos, the videos that you have, other videos LinkedIn, YouTube, and things like that. So we'll see people do other things, and we'll be like, "How do I incorporate that in this?" Right. And then what I think, just generally a student, I know myself. You, got, you know, I got to tell myself like, you got to understand that. That may not be needed in what you're currently doing right now. Even though you can do it, it's not necessarily needed. So, um, as I said, slow planet. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed what we're doing so far. Again, I think the case studies. The more and more we get engulfed in those, the more and more we'll learn more of the technical stuff because I think we're just going to have to, you know. And I know Hunter just came out of a thing That's <laughs> said we had. A but, but, you know, so issues.
1: I had Hunter at High Point University mm-hmm. this time last year. Right. So, I mean, within – I hired him over the summer to do some some, some light work, and then I signed that first billion-dollar client, and he ran the entire thing. Right. I mean, so he's what, – what was inc- interesting about it is that I wasn't even in any of the meetings. Mm-hmm. He would come to me when, like, major problems came up. Or, mm-hmm. like – not major problems. Something that he couldn't solve, like um, – for example, he had to figure out level of detail calculations, mm-hmm. which uh,
2: we, I think we talked about that briefly. Yeah, I, I think I asked that question, yeah. So level cool. of detail
1: is like if you – so, for example, with the date. So you mm-hmm. have you have the years, you have the quarters, you have the months, you have the week. Mm-hmm. Um, those are different levels of detail. So it's right. kind of related to granularity. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to look at just the quarter. So mm-hmm. you can set a calculation so anytime the date's pulled in, it just tells you what quarter it is. Right. so that's what he and it's kind of a, a con a, like a complex concept to lay out and then also execute so he went on I think probably the tableau subreddit
2: I, yeah out, that was what he said yeah. yeah and figured out how to do it so yeah
1: so it's it, it is it is interesting kind of seeing how people are learning because yeah I mean it's it's in it I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, which which do you like better, Excel, Power BI, or Tableau?
2: So Tableau far? Hands down. Tableau, not even why? Twice. Um, honestly, it's. I, I liken it, this is a weird thing that I was looking at earlier today, but I liken it to like Zillow compared to other real, real estate websites. So it's, it's just more, more. Exactly. Yeah. It's more easy to use. It's more visually stimulating um, as you're kind of moving through the program. Power BI looks like Windows 98. <laughs> you know, Excel just looks like his weird cousin. So, you know, that's kind of in that same yeah. same vein. But yeah, Tableau and the stuff that you can do with it um, is crazy. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, have you? How many portfolio pieces do you have for Tableau Public, by the way? Um, for Tableau Public, I think I have two. Um, I think I have two. So, I have the data set that we went through. We'll see. I had the downloaded desktop Tableau version, so I got to so I got to figure out how to do that without having to rebuild yeah, this out.
1: I can show you. All you have to do is sign in to your account. You can sign into Tableau Public on desktop.
2: Okay. The desktop version. Oh, well then I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. good. You once I work. Okay, anyways. yeah. So yeah, two two
1: so far. Two so far. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, portfolios are, are really. I actually had one of my students so I had him last semester and this semester. He went he was in my case studies in business analytics class and is now in the capstone. Mm-hmm. So he showed some ambition. I'm I'm impressed with this student. So he actually applied for the in the capstone course, we partner with a local business. It's, the capstone is essentially the predecessor to the apprenticeship program, right? And then I par- partner my students with a real business, and we work on a real problem. Right. He applied for the internship at that company, so now he's working on the project and on some other pro- Tableau work.
0: Right. So he,
1: he's trying to be the first analyst at that company. But what's cool really about cool. that interview process is that in the interview. He literally said oh yeah i've done the analytics work here's my portfolio and flipped right. it up like literally pulled his computer out of his laptop or his computer out of his book bag and then just showed them and then mm-hmm. they they said you are our number one like option right now like we right. would love to have you because they have multiple projects that are just mm-hmm. not being treated right now so i think building out that portfolio is going to be right. gonna be huge
2: yeah, I don't know I don't know your the plan so far of for how we want to do like the case studies, obviously with the client and stuff like that, but if there's any like data sets that you could do and like we could do like one a week and just go Well through you've
1: it. you've what, you've got six data sets now.
2: That is true. I okay. need some questions attached to that that I wouldn't already ask.
1: Well, I mean th- but think about like how I laid out the case studies. Like it's That's fair. It, like it's like the, the ERP with data, the, data the, yeah with the, uh, the Facebook ad data. The Facebook ad data. It's yeah. like what how should we – who's our target demographic? You could build a whole dashboard right. around that one specific question.
2: Actually, yeah. So, yeah, it's, India, it's there. Yeah. It's, it's all there.
1: Okay. It's just yeah. you've got to think through, like, how to creatively put it together. Right. You know, I mean, you might yeah, actually want to just reach out to Dan and be like, hey, here's the case study. Right. Do you want to work on it together? Because I know he's actually prepping for a presentation for UNCW's li- library. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you feel free to, like, share that data set with him and be like hey if here's another example let's let's work on it together
2: okay yeah I might do that I yeah, think he's connected be... on well it's funny because
1: he's been a long time fan of the podcast and okay. I'm just like hey he submitted that work and I was like why don't you just come on and present it right and I, I, I think you guys got a ton of value out of that right
2: oh yeah that was that was great like between <laughs> him and like Hensley yeah, asking questions and kind of telling her what like she would look for from like a corporate setting yeah right that was, that was very cool See, Ken, Kinsley's a great example, too, because she's, she's
1: already leveled up her career. So she started out at her company, went to another company, and then came back. Mm-hmm. I think she's making like $40,000 more now. That's the goal. It's like, like in this space, it's like you can... Kind of level up, yeah. Right. Well, it's funny because uh, a lot of people are afraid to like early on in their career kind of hop. yeah but I I don't I don't think that these corporations are not loyal to you so I don't think they expect you to be like gone are the days where you're a company man where you work right 40, week, 40 years <laughs> at one company, right? and then you get your pension. It's like it, The world doesn't work that way now.
2: Right, I don't think that is a key, that's a key thought that I don't think a lot of people that are in school or like high school, early stages of college don't really think about. Um, one thing that, and I, honestly, I didn't really think about it much. Like I always, you know, you dream like you, you're gonna, if you're not gonna do the entrepreneurial route kind of like you're doing, you dream of like maybe the corporate route. Like I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna make right. all this money or whatever. Um, for me, it wasn't in, like, the sales role necessarily, but I was in a position, and I, there was a natural disaster Natural disaster that happened um, that impeded some work that I was doing. Obviously, it couldn't be helped for a specific amount of time, but in the kind of department, the area that I was working with, the business had cut, like, two or three people, including myself, like, off a whim, and then it kind of irritated me because, like, I was like, <laughs> because they gave, they told me on Friday, but I was like, y'all knew this on Monday, at least by Monday that this was happening. And then like, y'all didn't give me no heads up. And I understand why they do that. But, and this is the reason why I kind of le- lean towards the analytics space and everything like that was because like, I I don't ever want to be in a position to where I can't jump. Um, and one yeah. thing that my, I, I talked to a couple of people about, they were like, Hey, um, you know, you need to, you know, most people look. Most people or some people, they jump between careers every two years just to see what they can do. I talked to one of my financial or a financial advisor about a couple of months actually before the program. He was like, I tell people at my my company to interview for a, a new job every six months to at least know where you stand in the market. I think the, that's excellent advice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought about it. It's very simple. But like when I was because when you go from a position um, of being in college, coming out of college, you're already more, most likely you're making more money than you ever made, regardless of whatever the amount is. So you don't think that even with you don't think almost that I guess I didn't at least I didn't think that I necessarily deserved such a pay bump until I started looking when I was at the first position. I said that I got laid off was I didn't even think look at any other jobs like I didn't even I didn't even know I didn't think. It wasn't until I got out of that space and I was like, at least I could have should have been could have should have would have been making 15 grand more if I had just tested the market in that space. If I was able to negotiate my way up there and that's at a base salary, not commission or anything like that. When you think about it, but I was like, I mean, at the time you you couldn't have told me anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is like imposter syndrome, which is. It, I'm I'm really enjoying this, like, beta test of the apprenticeship program because mm-hmm. I'm, like, testing. You guys don't see it, but, like, I'm having tests in my own head. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, number one, the the first thing is, like, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I get you to bust your ass? Right. Because you guys are putting in a lot more time than all of the people who are collecting all of these, like, LinkedIn badges or Udemy certification of completion. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are bought in. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I think – being in an like official program, maybe time with a college, like you see yourself as like I'm, I am now in this kind of like apprentice, this like learner phase, mm-hmm. to where a lot of people it's like they kind of just do a little bit here, a little bit there, but it's not this cohesive plan. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's one thing that's like really been eye opening to me because like, you guys have just stepped up, and I don't know what I'm kind of curious about is like, are you guys just this industrious or is it just the opportunity that's been laid out and it's kind of like the the structure of it and then also the pressure of me because we're meeting twice a week if right. you don't do it I'm going to give you some shit about it you know? right
2: <laughs> no I I well so here's what I'll say so this analytics program um I briefly did an analytics program with UNCC. Um, I got out of it because of COVID. Um, it was more of a hybrid format, and it was moving so fast. It was more technical. It was moving so fast. I had no coding background that I was like, if we're not in class at all, I'm not just about to do this on Zoom the whole time. Yeah, this class was so much interesting because I was searching for the. You don't understand. I was searching for the <laughs> longest time to figure out like some type of program that could give me the skills that I need. Um, but that could make me the the portfolio option and the interview skills and some of the interviews and things like that, that, you know, we've been able to do. And then you talked about kind of in the pitch. That was what sold me on the program, because I was yeah. like that level of like face to face, like last week, talking to Dan, talking to Kinsley and stuff like that, talking to Naveed like the, my first week. Like, those types of conversations, I wouldn't even have known to ask. And they were so willing to give out information and stuff like that. That's what I appreciate. It it is
1: interesting because, like, I have I think I've probably interviewed 75 to 80 analytics professionals. Mm -hmm. And I can just, like, pull them. Like, people will comment on the post and be like, hey, you want to come on? Right. You want to come on live stream? And then it's, like, it's it's essentially effortless for me. Right. But it's, like, I think they're flattered to Mm -hmm. just be featured and... Because I mean, we're recognizing that they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. and then I think that they also like you see this with people who are successful. They get to a point where they want to give back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of I'm just the conduit to like right because I don't have all the answers right. But I will say this though, I bet you I'm very different than the type of person who was teaching at the um, UNC Charlotte.
2: Yeah, so I'm not
1: an academic, really.
2: Yeah, I'm, well, so he I don't he wasn't necessarily he did some like subcon. So he, he kind of did his own consulting firm and stuff like that, but again, like it was a little bit more technical. He came from the world of finance okay. or finance, as they like to point <laughs> out. Um, but he came, yeah, he came from that world, which was fine. But yeah, it was just the way it moved and the pace of it and stuff like that. And quite honestly, it was just very intimidating. Yeah. Um, and I have no problem admitting that now, but at the time, because. You kind of get in those programs, people are talking about what they do and stuff like that. And I'm like, bro, I am nowhere close. <laughs> like, forget this coding stuff, like, just in your career. Like, these are very educated people. These are very successful people to yeah. be around and stuff like that. And that in itself was a little intimidating. And at the point where I was just getting left behind, I was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so and i mean again this was more face-to-face greensboro college i was honestly surprised the school that i went to being so small <laughs> offered a program like this because not a month before i was looking at it i know they offered some certification stuff but nothing like this yeah
1: well it's interesting because i've, I've actually had offers from high point and uncg mm-hmm. to go teach there right and i don't like teaching at big like academic institutions, right? Because I have like all of these like bullshit, um, like faculty meetings, and then I have to fill uh, out all the forms, yeah. and I'm just part of this like bureaucracy, and I, I cannot stand it,
2: right?
0: To where
1: Greensboro College, I mean, they're, I guess because they're so small, they can be n- more nimble than like, mm-hmm. like UNCG's, I think twenty times as big as Greensboro College. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so especially now. Yeah so there's like a it's like moving a ship it's really hard for them to be Mm -hmm. also too i mean we're i I work out at the uncg gym the Mm -hmm. sauna is still closed i mean they're so cautious okay with like i mean this that's like the covid regulation thing but right everything all the mask mandate has been lifted but everyone in the gym is wearing masks still right they're just very cautious and i don't know if that's just the nature of academia in general
2: i I think i think it is though Uh, yeah i think i think so um yeah, I think so. I mean, they they kind of drag their feet on a lot of things, um, unless they get their you know their feet to the fire. But again, that's why I appreciate Greensboro College because I yeah. would have never have guessed. <laughs> um, and then look before my current position, I wasn't really on LinkedIn that he- I was on it, but I wasn't on it heavy. So I was like scrolling, and then I saw the link. I was like, all right, this is cool. And then I did the research on you, and then I started listening to episodes of the <laughs> podcast. And I was like, all right, so I'm gonna get to talk to these types of people and right, stuff right, like that. Yeah. And as I said, the interviews alone and that face to face with people in the space, um, that type of guidance and direction is something you wouldn't find in a lot of programs. like people come and they talk to you know a hundred people or something like that and then you may get to ask one question but to have a full dialogue or something like that, that yeah. yeah that's prices
1: well, I mean it's it's it, it's interesting where we're at in the state of um, education. And that COVID has permanently changed the way things function. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I kind of kind of slipped in the system, like right, right at the right time. <laughs> right. I mean, I've live streamed half of my Greensboro College classes. Like right. the first year I taught there, I mean, I'm I'm using them as the apprenticeship lectures. Right, right, right. <laughs> like you're seeing literal classes that that I taught. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have. I mean, we have people from what Google and Amazon and. All, all these different people yeah. come in and talking to the students, which is which is cool. Very cool. But I wanted to circle back around to, I think it is really good advice to prepare yourself for an interview every six months. Mm-hmm. I think that that is spot on because I think a lot of people get complacent, and they get very comfortable. Yeah. So I mean, there. I can't remember who said this, but they're like, the two most addictive things on earth are like, it's a, it's heroin and a bi-weekly paycheck like you're you're, you're catching yeah because you it's it's so comfortable
2: very comfortable, and you're
1: yeah to where I think that a lot of people kind of lay back on their, their laurels mm-hmm. but if you're if you're gearing up to prepare for an interview mm-hmm. you're kind of doing the research of like alright well what is market rate for where I'm at right and then if you go and you get the interviews I mean, worst case scenario, they say yes, right, and then your current employer gives you a counteroffer yeah. of, like, we'll match, yeah. or you go elsewhere.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think, again, that's something that I didn't even think about it really, but yeah, that is, that's kind of the way to move, especially.
1: And when I can also tell you from my personal experience, it is so much harder to negotiate up a salary mm-hmm. from where you're at. It's so much easier to go get the higher salary elsewhere.
2: Yeah, it is, because um, my current position, we kind of went back and forth a little bit as far as, like, the the pay rate, um, and I kind of, I had the confidence going in there, like, yo, if I don't get it, I'm just where I'm at, so I'm, I'm content at least enough to know, like, I don't need this, so I'm going to ask for what I want and what I think I deserve, so I, you know, but I mean, you kind of got to go into that kind of with that level of confidence knowing that, but... I think it played out well in my favor, you know. <laughs> well, I move.
0: so.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's interesting, and I'm going to bring up, bring up Trump, as c- controversial as a figure as he is. One thing that he's brilliant at is this mm-hmm. concept called anchoring.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like for example, with a whole we're going to build we're going to build a wall, we're going to build a huge wall.
2: Right.
1: That's like he, he said that, right. and that's just he's anchoring on that, mm-hmm. and then it's like really what he wanted was just increased border security. Yeah. So it's like the big ask and then you back into what you actually want. What's happening when you're negotiating at your 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 personal like your career at the company you're at, it's working the opposite. Mm-hmm. You agreed to come in at this rate. Now you want more. Mm-hmm. So there's like this negative like momentum against you. Right. To where if you go somewhere else, rasa is a complete blank slate. Yeah. So you can and then you can also kind of do an inventory of, like, what are my big wins? What's the value I'm bringing?
2: Because, I mean, we're, right. we're in a
1: capitalistic system. Right. You are generating more value than they're paying you.
2: Right.
1: So if you can really get tight on your story of, like, what is the value that I bring? And also, you may find that, like, you don't know what your value Well, you're in sales right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, pretty – I close X amount of deals. Right. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> yeah, pretty quantifiable. Yeah. But, yeah, but as you get into the analytics space, it might be a little bit more – Right. A little bit more nebulous. Mm-hmm. So you can, and you, in that space, I mean, it, it, man, it took me, I think, three years to start asking, like, my clients, what is the value of this project to your company? I don't know why I didn't even think about that. Right. So now I can say, oh, this is worth X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then I can go and tell other clients that when I'm pitching them, you know, exactly, different yeah.
2: deals. Exactly. And I mean, that's the way that companies do it now. Like, if we, or you know, if you give a quote out or something like that for bid, like all they're gonna do is say, "Hey, uh, X X company over here is all for me." This, so what do you got? So I mean, right. or I mean, it's a little bit different because they're, but um, same principle, same yeah. principle. Uh, but that is the key. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah.
1: For so, how, how are you feeling about like kind of where you're at now? Like, what what are you? I guess questions, comments, concerns, like
2: we're um nothing too much honestly. Like I as I said, I like the pace of where we're at. Um yeah. I like how we switched up from um just getting the data and then going through it and then instead we got to build it um in front of you like i said like last saturday i kind of got an hour to myself so (laughs) you know but i mean the heat map thing kind of learning how that and touching on that going back through that i think that was very beneficial as far as like now i'm more confident to just get something and being able to put you know put it together um without as much help without having to look youtube videos up or something like that so
1: so reflecting on the bat like the past like three or four weeks do you Mm -hmm. feel like you've come uh, pretty far away?
2: Yes. Um, yeah, I think if came. Uh, uh, I mean, the, like, David was one of the first things that I kind of remember him saying was he was like, these are all tools. So once you learn how the tools, the next que- the next step is going to be under- knowing the right questions to ask in order to get the, right. you know, uh, get the understanding or whatever of the data set. So, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Just like you said, like you're transitioning to the man, you know, the management side and stuff like that. Trying to think, uh, I think what I'm doing is obviously I want to optimize my performance. The time it's going to take me to move through some of these data sets and build out some of these Tableau features and dashboards. But um, I think that thinking and understanding that's the next step that I'm ready to see where that goes with over the next yeah. couple of weeks.
1: Well, because I've given you, I, I mean, these case studies, I. I started them kind of simple by design and kind of like stepped them up in complexity Yeah. because that ERP data it's interesting that the one that is the most complex is the easiest one cuz you had to combine multiple data sor- sources together mm-hmm. and then visualize them. Right. But I mean I guess it's um, it is it's sales sales it's, stuff yeah. Well what it's 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 sales and supply chain Right, so because that's the whole thing with su- supply chain. Mm-hmm. You, what you're doing is you're making your demand follow as closely as possible to your sales figures. Exactly, so it's like that. That is and your like
2: sales the, figures follows whatever your cost is for your material product. So yeah,
1: so, yeah. Well, it, it's it's interesting, and and what I'm seeing the value too is that. Okay, we we've done two different marketing. You don't care about marketing.
0: (laughs) No, no, you're not interested
1: in marketing. No. See, what's funny is that I thought that was the most interesting one. Right. That's like, oh look, I mean, this is we're literally marketing the podcast that you've listened to. It was cool. And then we're getting clicks, and it's leading to. I mean, we we spent what sixty bucks led to, 164 clicks, which led to additional 2,000 listens. Right. I'm like, man, that's fascinating. And it's is it because it's too. Too simple.
2: I think the conclusions were fascinating to me um because you always hear about like impressions and reach, and I'm like one of these influencers or you know yeah. doing something like that. So that was interesting to see because I would never saw it, seen that before. But it's in you know in general probably not, probably not. I think it may may even be easier for me to understand and kind of present, but as yeah. far as interest, probably not. Well, but, okay.
1: What is more interesting? Uh, let's root down on the, the same two why is the erp data more interesting than marketing data to you
2: um i'd have to look at the data set again but i don't know there was something i don't know it was just something about like looking at it or something like that i had the lo-fi beats playing in the headphones <laughs> and i it was just making so much sense to me at the time and i was like yeah this is cool here and then i can move this and this is what this shows and it just made a lot more sense. i don't know why i did i'd have to think about when i actually did it and look at it again but yeah
1: okay i think i, I think i have a hunch here so I think you felt like you were being who you like, you were actualizing. Like mm-hmm. you had this image of who you're going to be, you know, six months or three months, from whenever you get the, your first right. workshop, and then you're like, oh, this is the work I want to do. Right. So it's like I I just want you to be attuned to those moments. Right. Because it sounds like the Facebook stuff. Because the the initial phone call I had with you, you were like, oh, I'm interested in business. Right. I was like, oh, I bet this marketing case study is going to be interesting because mm-hmm. this is like. The whole marketing channel in a nutshell mm-hmm. but i think it's probably too simple for you
2: maybe yeah uh, maybe the understanding was i think one one thing it was too was like with the marketing date and the facebook ad date it was like it was right on the back of that understanding so even though i was familiar with excel still wasn't as clear and i remember coming out of that class i was like all right i got this so when i got the ERP data i was like more confident going into it so okay even in trying to solve certain problems that I may have not understood completely I was just like oh all right well let me try this or let me do this I had was a little bit more confident to make mistakes and even yeah. presenting I felt a little bit better like oh I tried this so why didn't this work or something like that yeah. and I, it's kind of I feel like that's kind of flowed throughout the rest of the weeks and me asking better
1: questions yeah well okay so it sounds like we might have some apples and it might be apples or oranges okay so this this first the first marketing case study I think probably should keep it it's relatively clean and simple yeah I think it's like you get to cut your teeth you get your first rep in yeah it breaks it down to like okay it's a very simple use case here are the numbers here are the KPIs here are the dimensions figure out this problem and then you took that framework of like okay because you didn't even know what a dimension versus a measure was before that. Didn't case know that.
2: Didn't know what a reach, you know, reaches is impressions. Didn't right. know the difference between the two. Like, I didn't know any of that. So,
1: so like, you took that, that understanding of, like, okay, well, here's how I can pull a data set in mm-hmm. and combine the measures and dimensions to find X insight. Right. So you took it on a much higher scale. So, yeah, it, it probably felt like you were like, oh, man, I'm here.
2: Right, I'm, yeah, like yeah.
1: actually doing the work.
2: That, yeah, that's that's kind of yeah, that's definitely how I thought. I think, again, like the fact that it was like Facebook and stuff like that. Everybody's in tune with social media right now, so actually seeing data that kind of related to something like that was very cool. And I think for anybody looking at that, that'll just be kind of cool to look at. Yeah, because you can kind of do that with your own data if you wanted to. So,
1: okay, so I'm actually concocting the new because you, you want more financial data hmm what
2: tell oh, me about chain, like supply chain do
1: you want say. supply chain okay. I, want, I
2: want to I want to see both cuz I feel like I'm a hate supply chain but I want to I want to know I hate it first well you just <laughs> so.
1: did a supply chain case study. the e- enterprise re- resource planning is a typical data source for supply chain
2: yeah I want to play with it a little bit more though okay
1: yeah because um, I do have Permission from one client where I'm going to anonymize all the client data, right, like their right. client data. Yeah. But it's like I can send you the data set that mm-hmm. is like all of the invoices. Right. Um, I'm thinking about putting together this case study where it's the sales, the costs, and then you have to calculate the margin. And then you can slice through it by which regions are more, interest- or, or more lucrative, more mm. profitable, higher margin, and which clients, which type of clients. So then you can start to get through. Is that kind of the yeah that so you so that it's margin like, yeah so it's like you want to know all right we need to scale up this type of business or this this category mm-hmm. because uh, it's an eighty percent margin versus this other one's a thirty mm-hmm. percent so if we sell you know of that higher margin product if we sell one of those that's as that's as much profit as three of the less profitable one exactly so you're okay so you you want that's to get it from I like Interesting. So I feel like it kind of like... Da, 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 everything fell into place. I don't... When you say that you're technical, I don't think you... You, you mean that you want to be like a, a business I'll say well-rounded. Yeah. Because I don't think that people who want to get into coding would necessarily find that as interesting. They would want to know like a much more complex coding, problem, mm. like a machine learning, like a...
2: Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Because that's not a very... Like, that, what we just laid out, like, looking at margin by different categories or locations, isn't necessarily very complex. That's more business acumen. Mm -hmm. And I think you're kind of more getting into that, like, potential you could go into the business analysts, maybe senior business analysts, and then, like, an analytics manager. Right. Where you might actually have, like, a machine learning person on your team. Right. But I don't... I don't know. It's interesting, kind of trying to feel you out and like right. where you want to fit in.
2: Well, I'm like, because I understand that that's a part of the business, regardless of whether I know it or not, like, especially like managing a job, I always like to know, at least on some level, what everybody's doing. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where I'm at. As I said, I will, you know, at some point when I touch it, I might hate it. And then that'll be it for me. So well, it's,
1: it's interesting you say that because I'm literally pushing Connor. To start learning SQL okay I don't know SQL okay but if he learns SQL and can take on those types of clients then that opens up a huge amount of leads that we could then right funnel into Silvertone
2: we'll see yeah and I'm interested to know like just as far as like some of the other coding uh, languages and stuff like that that you use or may need within your business because like what I understand what you what what we're doing right now but I, I guess I'm more interested in your business because, yeah. like, you're consulting <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah. What, what, what do you do on a day-to-day? Exactly. What do you do on a day-to-day? Day? That's what I'm interested in.
0: Uh, well,
1: I think I told you my day. I went yeah, to, yeah, I went yeah. to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at noon. Right. First time ever. Took a two-hour nap. It's <laughs> always a good it one. just warming out. Yeah. But, I mean, it's we're on spring break for college, and, I mean, I I don't have any active consulting work right now, so I'm kind of in, like, a little... Lull, period. Okay. But, yeah, but, I mean, what I'm doing is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Also, too, I have a significant amount of passive income, so I don't exactly. have to work very hard. Right exactly. Now. I mean, yeah. essentially, the work that I've done in the past covers my cost of living now. Right. So I could just coast if I wanted to. Right. But I'm, I'm too neurotic for that.
2: <laughs> That's the way I am. Like, I always feel like I could go broke at any second. Like, you know, if one stream goes down, I need to know Well, I mean,
1: but or. the passive revenue stream, it is kind of like a... It, down, it is yeah. a cycle where mm-hmm. eventually that will, that will run out. Um, there were two different ways I wanted to go. Well, one thing that I wanted to talk about is that, so we were in insurance sales. Mm-hmm. So speaking of cycles, mm-hmm. um, my dad got into insurance in the 70s, and it was a booming industry. Mm-hmm. I tried to get into it in the 2010s,
0: <laughs>
1: and it was an uh, industry on decline. Yeah. So I know what it's like trying mm-hmm. to sell insurance door-to-door in a right. declining industry, and it was terrible. Right. What you have in terms of an opportunity in the analytics space is you have – it's like my dad in the insurance industry in the 70s. This, this space is exploding. And it's also – there are a lot of analysts, business intelligence, data analysts, data scientists roles opening up. Mm-hmm. But also, too, that skill set is trickling down into jobs like sales specialists, marketing specialists. So having the skill set is going to serve you, regardless of if you get that specific title. I mean, what's cool is it can already serve you where you're at right now with your current job. Right. And then also too, I wanted to circle back to, I, I mentioned Hunter's going to be learning SQL. Mm-hmm. I think that I should add that to the curriculum, because I don't. The reason I don't, I've gotten away with not learning SQL is that my clientele typically mm-hmm. is about 250 million or less in mm-hmm. revenue. And um, we did just sign that first billion dollar client, but that's kind of an exception. Mm-hmm. But they have that billion dollar client has a whole SQL database. Mm-hmm. With these smaller companies, I'm hooking directly into ERP or CRM like Salesforce systems, mm-hmm. and I might just pull that data out into Excel and then upload it into Tableau. Mm-hmm. So it's not—it's pretty archaic, like how I'm right. doing it, but. It's, it's pretty, sad, pretty easy to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like I'm opening up these huge insights for mm-hmm. these businesses who have no analytics infrastructure at all. Right. Um, so if you, you said, I don't know if you said this on-air or off, that you you think you want to go work for a big company.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you that's the case, I do think you need to learn some SQL skills. Okay. So maybe that's something that like I can cook into the curriculum over the next few months, and that, and that might actually have you learning alongside Hunter
2: that works because he's yeah he can lay out how to do it yeah I'll knock it out.
1: well that's the thing is that it's outside of my scope so I gotta figure
2: that out okay yeah (laughs) yeah
1: I I don't know I might have like uh, Shashank from Nordstrom come in
0: okay because I I think I I sent
1: you that hour long video he did on his YouTube channel so he's got a whole hour long video on SQL Basics okay and it sounds like a snooze fest to me but I think you should learn it
2: (laughs) okay all right, yeah yeah Uh, Uh, it may have been to Amber Leon but yeah okay
1: yeah um Cool. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, we're, we're at 52 minutes, uh, 53, coming up on now. But I think this is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. so I would like to do this multiple times okay. like, as you get through. So this is just like the first touch base All right. meeting. But, I mean, we should have started like day one of week one. Yeah. But that being said, I mean, you're I've, I've got you for two more months. So we're
2: yeah. Uh, Plus, I'm the only one in World. So, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. I, it is a different vibe yeah. being
1: in person with you, when I can like read your body language. I'm it not is. looking at you through a Zoom sc- screen, right? You know. So, all right. Well, congratulations on all the work you've done, and I'm excited to kind of see where where things go to next. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to it. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.